Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Strong podcast. We are committed to trying to help people to build their lives strong, whether that's in their faith, in their marriage, in their health, in their family. Uh, We are committed to that. And when you can expect new episodes, really, these roll out the second Tuesday of every month. And as always, if you have questions, make sure that you send us an email at podcast at lifecenter.com. Today, I've been looking forward to this moment because I have my best friend, Josh Jameson, on the podcast with me. Josh, thanks for joining with us. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we were just reminiscing. We've known each other now 24 years. Yeah, almost a quarter century. Yeah, almost a quarter of a century. That's pretty remarkable. I know. That was before gray hair for me. Yep. Yep. Um, you still do not have any gray hair. Oh, it's there. Trust me. That's yeah. that's actually amazing. I, I get it the most right here in the on the on the beard in, in the, the beard. That's why I keep in the it beard. short. But you we know, need to celebrate our our friend anniversary. Friend anniversary. Twenty five years is 20, a big deal. What should we do for our twenty fifth friend anniversary? Oh, man, Maui sounds pretty good. Maui. <laughs> I'm sure Amber and Carrie will be fine with that. Hey, ladies, we're heading out for what? Twenty five year friendship. Yeah, you, know. you know. We'll see you guys. You gotta, in a ce- week. You gotta celebrate the important things. In yeah. Life. Yeah. Uh, but today we are talking about developing healthy habits and, um, you know, this is an area that I think all of us can grow in. I think most people that I interact with, they know the need to develop them, Sure. but I kind of want to have a conversation with you because here's what I know about you. Um, almost every single day I will get a notification on my watch. And it will say, Josh Jameson just completed, you know, a triathlon or whatever. It's like every single day you are in the gym and that's whether you're in town or out of town. Um, But it's not just in your physical fitness. You have habits as a pastor, as a leader, as a husband, as a dad. And I think this conversation is so important because I've met so many people. They have high expectations in their lives. But I think so often what we're missing is the habits that probably help us get there. Right. And so we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, you know, and, and even as we begin, let's be honest, everybody has habits. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Doesn't matter, uh, you know, those who are listening or watching today, they have some level of habits. And I thought we would just begin by having a little bit of fun all-time worst habits that you've seen in people, either others or yourself, that drive you crazy. All-time worst habits. Oh, man. Uh, I know for me, one I had for a long time was biting my nails really bad. And uh, all it took was a really cute girl in band class to go, oh my gosh, you bite your nails? And literally from that moment that was on, it. done, done, never did it again. But okay, now this is interesting. Band. Yeah. Yes. Okay, what did you play? Trumpet. Trumpet. Yeah. Interesting. You're a drummer, but you played the trumpet. So I didn't want to play trumpet. My mom was like, you're going to do band. And I was like, okay, great. I want to play saxophone. She goes, no, you don't. No. I was like, why? She goes, saxophone gets the lamest parts. Trumpet gets to play all the melodies. So you're going to play trumpet. And I was terrible at it. Part of the reason I was terrible at it is I never actually practiced Ooh. I had a, a tape recorder and I would go into my room during my practice time <laughs> and I would record myself practicing for about five minutes and then just sit there and put it on repeat as loud as I possibly could I love to it. make it sound like I was practicing. 
But I decided to quit because I hated it so much. Yeah. And my mom said, you can only quit trumpet if you pick up another instrument. And so out of the blue, I just said, I'll play the drums. That's crazy. And had no idea if I would like it or if I'd be good at it, but served me well since then. So. Ladies and gentlemen, 24 years of friendship. And I, I never knew that you played the trumpet. Yeah. Do we have a trumpet around here? Can we get a trumpet and see if Josh or can Shofar still play? Or could blow a Shofar, Shofar? for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, I think, all-time worst habit, similar, but mine was sucking my thumb. Oh, my gosh. And so when I finally turned 18. You, yeah, I was no, I'm just say, you broke that um, at 24, yeah, 25. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I was little, my parents were like, you've got to stop sucking your thumb. You've got to stop sucking your thumb. And I'm like, I would, but I would fall asleep. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'd like fall asleep on my hands. <laughs> And then when I would wake up, my thumb would be in my mouth. Uh, did it impact your teeth at all? Because that, uh, that's the big thing they always talk about. Yeah, like, I, it probably did. That's yeah. why I got braces early on. <laughs> it was like three. Um, but so one night, my parents sneak into my room and they paint my thumb green. Because my mom kept warning me. She's like, if brilliant. you keep sucking your thumb, your thumb's going to fall off. Marsha is a legend. And I'm like, what? My eyes are like all big. I wake up. And my mom, you know, comes walking in. She's like, how are you doing? I'm like, my thumb's green. <laughs> and she goes, I told you to stop sucking it. And I go, but the problem is I suck this one, not this one. Oh, oh. And she realized she painted the wrong thumb. And so, oh. uh, mom and dad, if you're listening, I love you. Thank That's you. so great. But uh, yeah, habits are interesting because we, we all have them. Yeah. We all live with them. We yeah. all experience the impact of them. But in your life, what have you found that actually helps you develop healthy habits? Yeah. Well, first of all, to the point you're making, it's, it's important to note, like I think Duke University did a study and they came out and said that 40% of your daily decisions fall in the category of, of habitual decisions. 40%. So, yeah. So when you say we all have habits... We all have a lot of habits, uh, and really those fall into the things that you do without even thinking about it, but you do it routinely, right? Yeah. So we all have a lot of habits. And for me, you know, I already referenced uh, one of the ways that I got rid of a bad habit, which was, you know, the negative side of having someone that you care about or someone whose opinion means a lot to you yeah. uh, give you some negative feedback on something they see in you. But for me, positively, the thing that's helped me a lot, because I, I haven't always been a disciplined, routine person person. In fact, uh, I don't know why Carrie married me because during that season of my life as, as a young man, I was very undisciplined, very, you know, like I remember one time she uh, was over at my family's house and we were doing like a family dinner or whatever. And to get up to our like entertainment room, you had to walk by my bedroom and I had left the door open on my bedroom uh -oh. and she walked by and saw what a, you know, disheveled mess it was. And uh, I was so embarrassed, but I don't know how I convinced her to marry me. I was in such a you know state of disarray in that season of my life. But what helped me was not the process of developing uh, a desire for new habits, but creating uh, a destination or having a picture oh, in my good. mind of the kind of person I knew that I needed to become. Because once I developed a destination, I could reverse engineer the kind of habits that that sort of person would have. So and good. so I think the biggest thing for me was having a vision, having a vision for who I wanted to become, the kind of leader that I knew I needed to be, uh, the kind of husband I knew I needed to be. And eventually, you know, once I started having kids, the kind of dad that I wanted to be and seeing where I was currently and where I knew I wanted to go, 
it helped me then reverse engineer, okay, so what things need to change in my life? Yeah. And once I could identify those things, it, it honestly became very simple. Developing new habits is not a complex thing, but it can be a difficult thing. And those are, those that's, are different. That's a good, yeah, that's a good word. Yep. You know, I, I, you talked about that stat. You said it was from Duke. Yep, Duke University. And, um, you know, instantly what popped into my mind, you know, our, our middle son just got his permit. Big deal. Um, and so now we have two teenage drivers in our house. But it was this reminder, even the process of like getting in a car and starting it felt so foreign to him. And that journey of like, no, 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 you have to hit that button. You have to use the key this right, way. Yeah. You have to do this journey. And now think about how many of us, like we don't even think about putting the car in reverse. It's just second nature. It's right. like you said, it's it's habitual. And so link, thinking and linking that idea to not just what are the habits that I want to create, but I love what you said. What is the type of person that I want to become? Right. I think it was Pastor Chris Hodges who who coined this this Pretty phrase, and guy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. He talks about how so many people they live with uphill hopes, yeah, but have downhill habits. Oof, yeah, and I remember the first time I heard that, and I'm like, okay, hold hold on. <laughs> Because how many times have I sat and looked at some area of my life, whether it's my health, my finances, my relationships, yeah. um, even my study, you know, what, what are the areas that I want to progress in? And I think it's so easy to have aspirational hopes, right? but we lack any type of like concrete habit yeah. in order for those things to become realized. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, in, in your life, uh, any scriptures, any themes, any passages that, that kind of come to your mind as you, as you think about this dynamic of, of habits? Um, I know for me uh, and a lot of people, that word discipline isn't necessarily like a fun word. Yeah, sure. Uh, many of us, we, we want to avoid it at all costs, but the older that I get, I realize like there's certain things that I just have to create disciplines right and often we want desire to show up before the discipline but i found in my life often the desire shows up follows. after the discipline yeah, absolutely i learned that when i started running years ago i've learned that as i've you know kind of got into crossfit a little bit because there's a lot of mornings where i don't feel like it but i have to discipline myself yep. but then you begin to desire the very things that did not seem fun yeah um any thoughts, any scriptures, any passages that Yeah, that there's actually the scripture talks a lot about when it when it comes to you know getting up early in the morning, taking time to meditate, you know, the things that you regularly remind yourself of, write yeah. it above the door, write it on your wrist, you know, whatever you need to do. But kind of an obscure one that's always been encouraging to me is actually out of the story of Daniel. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we know, you know, uh, Daniel was above reproof, you know, that they were looking for a way to discredit Daniel, which is when they went to the king, mm. they got him to write this law, you know, anyone who worships or prays to anyone other than me, you know, they're going in the lion's den. And <clears throat> the scripture says that when Daniel found out about that, that he went back to his room and opened up the windows and began to pray just as he had always done, yeah. right? Like there's this reference to this regular rhythm and pattern in Daniel's life that preexisted before the pressure. And I think this is an important lesson that I've had to learn is you have to develop the habit before you need the habit. Oh, that's good. You know, like too often we wait 
until there's a crisis to go, okay, now I need to start doing whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. You have a heart attack, okay, now I need to start taking care of my health. Yeah. You have an issue in your marriage, oh, I guess I better need to start paying attention to my spouse. Um, and it's reactionary instead of being, you know, purposeful. Uh, yeah, purposeful, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that you look at a story like that and you go, what would have happened in Daniel's life if he didn't already have this rhythm of going to the Lord, talking with the Lord, this, this habit in his life of regularly praying? And I think that I look at stuff like that and go, okay, I don't want to wait until there's a crisis. I don't right. want to wait until there's a problem. I can't, I can't wait until the heat is being turned up. I got to have this stuff in place so that when those moments happen, I'm ready for them. Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's a place in scripture that's been challenging and encouraging. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of I think a pattern and a model to follow. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think about the scripture that talks about how no discipline in the moment feels pleasant, but later those who are trained by it, yep. it produces that's life. It. That's it. And I think that's the that's the grind, right? That's a word that you hear a lot right now. Like you got to be willing to grind. You got to be willing to grind. But it's amazing how often you you use the word crisis. Yeah, it's amazing. I think we see this a lot as pastors. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're a pastor at Eastridge yeah. up in Issaquah. I'm here at Life Center in Tacoma, and it's amazing how when the crisis hits, now all of a sudden it's like a catalytic moment. Yeah, which can work for the good. Sure, but what would that crisis have looked like? If the preparation on the front end, absolutely, you know, I, yeah. I wonder how many crises we avoid if the discipline would have been there versus the dis the crisis kind of causing yeah. the discipline. Absolutely, and so yeah. I think I think that's a journey for all of us to be aware of. Um, here's what I know: the the habits that we make in life, they're either moving us toward or away from who we are called to be. Yeah, so. If, the, if that stat is true, 40% are just kind of on autopilot. Yep. There's, there's other dynamics in our lives, but the habits that we have, the things that I live with day in and day out, is it actually moving me toward my destiny, toward my calling, toward, you, you used the word vision earlier, yep. the, the idea of who I want to be, the, right. the husband I want to be, um, the, the health that I want to have in yep. my physical body, the health that I want to have in my finances. Are my habits moving me toward that or away from that? And, and what this means at some level, if I'm going to build healthy habits, I have to be willing to do some inspection Absolutely. in yep. my life. I have to do some reflection. And so in your life, do you, do you have like a rhythm where you reflect or you go over your values or you think through your habits? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, right now it looks like uh, an annual evaluation. Like I kind of will do uh, check-ins quarterly, you know, and really it comes down to conversations with my wife. Like she's honestly the yeah. best place of feedback because she knows me better than anybody and she's honest. You know, yeah. I think we give ourselves a little bit of benefit of the doubt. We give ourselves credit for intention where people who are honest give us, you know, the feedback for what we're actually doing. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have regular conversations about everything from how am I doing uh, spiritually? How am I doing emotionally? How am I doing physically? Yeah. How am I doing mentally? Uh, and then, you know, how are we doing financially, you know, yeah. in, in all these areas? I think it was Peter Drucker um, who said, you, you can't manage what you don't measure. Yeah, that's uh, right. And I think that when it comes to even our habits and our personal lives, we have to have the regular rhythm of inventory. Um, I think that being willing to take regular inventory of how you're doing, where you're at, 
and being brutally honest about those things is super important for you to like then be able to go, okay, what needs to change? Yeah. And how do I need to go about changing it? Um, I think that those things have been super helpful. So yeah, there are some good. things that are easier to measure than others. Like measuring your bank account is pretty easy. You know, yeah. um, it, it is what it is. Like your health for, for a lot of different reasons is, is pretty easy to measure. Yeah. I think it becomes a little more difficult when you get into how am I doing mentally and emotionally and how am I doing spiritually. Yeah. And so figuring out how, do, how you measure those things. So I think sometimes with that, you have a list of questions you need to answer. Um, how am I, how am I feeling regularly? Am I feeling mm. anxious? Uh, do I find myself gravitating towards worry? Um, what are the things that I'm dwelling on? Yeah. Um, what do I, I think that thanks to technology, you could actually go and check, uh, where am I spending time? What am I listening to? What am I watching? Right, you know, right. technology will tell you, you know, yeah, thanks just, open, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. open up screen time, you know, it'll, <laughs> it'll let you know. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, you could probably even go to your algorithm and just take a look at what's populating because it's probably a good indicator of the things that you find yourself gravitating towards. Yeah, so I think good. on those things, you have to be a little more creative. You got to, I think it needs to be a little more question based, whereas some things maybe like your health or your finances, they're just their numbers yeah they can be a little more yeah. cut and dried yeah. yeah you mentioned a number of things there um so let's let's lean on that yeah. no matter how old somebody is no matter what stage of life they're in what are some habits that you think should be non-negotiables for people and may, maybe not just specific habits maybe that but but maybe kind of broader buckets that hey you, you should really pay attention to these things yeah, for sure. Well, I think not to hyper spiritualize it, but the first thing on that list yeah. has got to be, you know, that the, the rhythm and habit of your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I think that that requires not just like checking off a Bible reading list. Yeah. Went or, to church last Sunday. Yeah. Went check. to church last Sunday. From my couch. Uh, you know, I check. hit I hit three out of seven days on my YouVersion Bible reading plan. Like, uh, killing it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that every relationship requires intention and time, uh, and that well, requires good. like quality of time and quantity of time, yeah. you know, and those things are different. You can spend a lot of quantity without quality and you're not getting anywhere, yeah. you know? And so, uh, you know, the goal of reading your Bible is not to get from the beginning of one chapter to the end of the next chapter, but it's to grow closer to Jesus. That's good. And that could be That's one good. verse. Yeah. But the, the question is like, are you, are you spending time listening to the voice of God in your life? Yeah. Um, I, for me, and we're all different, we're all wired different, so I think part of this is to even discover how God has wired you. Because for me, being a, a verbal processor and being a people person, like the easier things for me are like I, I connect with God easily via worship. Mm -hmm. I connect easily with God via like Christian community. I struggle to connect with God in times of like prayer or personal like meditation, being alone, because I don't like being alone. But I've found that those are actually the places of greatest depth and intimacy yeah. in my walk with the yeah. Lord. And I think there's part of that because you're pushing beyond, like it's a sacrifice. Like it literally is a sacrifice of praise to the Lord when you push beyond comfort to mm. get to know Him more. Mm. And He rewards you in yeah. those things. Yeah. So discovering how you're wired and not using it, like this is personal pet peeve. I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I'm not anti-Enneagram or anti-whatever. I get really frustrated when people use that for their excuse of why they are a certain oh, way. Oh, I'm an yeah. eight, so that's why I'm a jerk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's Got not it. your excuse. <laughs> it's not your your excuse to be a jerk. It's also not your excuse for why you don't engage in certain parts of your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, that's you good. Know? Um, and so I think that that's gotta be primary. You need to have personal time of being in God's word, 
yeah. time in prayer, yeah. time alone with the Lord, yeah. um, and then being a part of Christian community. And what's what's interesting on that note, I think we have to remember Jesus is expecting some level of fruit. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to that, how we we often measure ourselves by intent. Well, I I wanted, <laughs> right? You know, so we we measure ourselves by that. But you know, he wants production at some level. We we have to be okay with that. Now that doesn't mean we're saved by our works. That doesn't right. mean yeah. like it's about do more, try harder, strive. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But healthy things are designed to produce fruit. It's right. one of the metaphors that Jesus went to time and time and time yeah, again. And so I think that's that's a great reminder for those of us who are Jesus followers. Like there should be some fruit. What are the habits that are actually cultivating the fruit? Not just that I want to see, because yeah. I think this is the danger. I I want to be more consistent in church attendance this year. Great, great goal. Yeah. Great habit. But what are the fruit, the characteristics that are actually growing out of our lives? Do they look like Christ? Yeah, are they yeah. are they attractive to those who don't know Christ? And they're like, man, how do you have that level of peace when it feels like life is falling apart? Yeah, you know. And so those are the habits that we need to develop that are actually going to lead to the fruit that, that he desires. Well, and, and this may be pushing the conversation a little bit one direction, but go ahead, I, brother. I, I think that one of the biggest issues that I see in in Western church, Western church culture, is we want our relationship with God on our terms. Mm. We want to approach God on our terms. It doesn't work that way. God's the one who gets to set the terms. So when it comes to how we engage in relationship with Him, I don't get to pick how that works. He tells me how it works. When it comes to how I'm going to worship God, I don't get to pick how I worship God. He determines how I get to worship God. And so, you know, even when it comes to church, when it comes to scripture, when it comes to these other spiritual disciplines in your life, like we don't get to set our own expectations or we don't get to set our own rhythm for what this should be. God's the one who says, this is how you're going to worship me. This is how you engage in relationship with me. These are the mechanisms I've created for you to participate in and get busy doing it, you know? And it's not that he's trying to be controlling. He's actually creating these boundaries for us that we get to live within the blessing of God. Like this is where the blessing of God lives. This is where the game is meant to be played. Yes, exactly. And we see it so backwards. We're like, well, but, but like, I want to do it like this. Or it'd be so much more fun. And God's going, actually, it would destroy you if you tried to do it that way. Trust me when I tell you like, this is how it's supposed to work. And I think that when we begin to approach God the way he's designed for us to approach him, when we worship him the way he's called us to worship him, all of a sudden you get to experience the fullness of who God is, yeah. his blessing in your life, and you get the, the full free life that God has designed for yeah. you. You know, And yeah. I think that there's so much blessing on the other side of obedience, yeah. you, on the you, other side of discipline. Yeah, you yeah. used a word there, spiritual disciplines. Yeah. It's becoming more familiar in in our culture in this time, but you know, for a lot of years, kind of kind of lost, kind of gone, and yeah. it, it sounds like man, that sounds like punishment. <laughs> you know, like why <laughs> why would you do that? Years ago, came across such a great analogy or metaphor, and it goes back again to this idea of what's the type of life that I want? What's mm. the type of fruit that God wants to grow out of my life? Yeah, that's where spiritual disciplines come into play. They become yes. these healthy habits that cultivate. So just like if I told you right now, Josh, go find a piano, sit down and play Beethoven's fifth or whatever. I don't think you can do that. 
No. Okay. Car- I, Carrie know, probably I've, I've can. Heard, I've heard they were all like a couple YouTube videos yeah. away from being able to do anything. So, yeah. you know, so I mean, maybe. like the, the challenge is in order to actually sit down and play that, you got to put in the work. Yeah. Just like anybody who wants to go run a half marathon, like you're going to have to go on some training runs. You're going to have to put in the work. But there's this idea for some reason. I prayed the prayer. I said yes to Jesus. Yeah. It should be good, right? Right. And yet the reality is in order for us to look more and more like Christ, there's certain habits or certain disciplines that we got to lean into. Okay, so we, we talked about relationship with Jesus other disciplines or habits that you're like, okay, these should be non-negotiables no matter what age, what stage of yeah. life. Well, I think that I'm big on the, the health side of things yeah. when it comes to like your physical health. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I make some observations. The people who keep moving are the people who keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that people who stay active, yeah, you yeah. know, like they, they live longer lives yeah. and that's not, you know, just a, a total, uh, perfect rule of thumb. Right. But in general, I think the people who are intentional about continuing to, to stay active. Yeah. Um, and, and I just believe that as long as there's breath in your lungs, that God has design and purpose for your time here on earth. And I don't want to let something that I have control over, uh, hinder me from being able to be effective at what God has, yeah. has asked me to do. So uh, part part for me when it comes to like my physical health is I'm trying to stick around for my wife as long as I possibly can, to stick around for the call of God that's on my life as long as I possibly can, and stay physically fit enough to like compete with my kids as long as I possibly yes, can. Come you on, know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> like that that's a big driver motivator I for me. I love that. Um, on, the, on the physical fitness thing. Yeah. Uh, our, our, one of our CrossFit coaches said this like months ago and it like, it struck me. He goes, the reason why we do burpees now is so that when we fall, when we're 70, we can get back up instead of like that commercial, (laughs) I've fallen and I can't get up. You need life alert. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, dude, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so obviously the the physical, the the spiritual, I think right now this has become a bigger deal than probably ever, which is taking the the time to have inventory about how you're doing mentally and emotionally. Yeah, yeah. We're so living important. we're living in the middle of a, a massive mental health crisis. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it is people are experiencing emotions and they're experiencing stress that they do not have the tools built into their life to know how to cope with them with yeah. health. Um, and so I think for the average person, like being able to have some structure and some tools at your fingertips to be able to measure and then to be able to, um, get the kind of help, you know, and that may even just be developing some patterns of getting your heart and mind back on track. Yeah. doesn't necessarily mean like you gotta, whoop, I gotta go, go to a counselor or, you know, I need help right now, but like I have some rhythms built into my life to keep myself on a healthy track. Yeah. Um, I think that right now we need a better theology of technology. Mm. Like I think we need a better understanding because I'm not anti-technology, but I do think that we need to have an awareness of how technology is going to continually become more intertwined into yeah, our lives. And how it's shaping us. How it's shaping us. And, for, yeah. and it's not, it's yeah. not going backwards. It's only going right. to continue to progress. Right. Um, but we are spiritual beings first, yeah. physical beings second, and we have this external force that's becoming more intertwined into our lives that we need to set the boundaries for how we're going to play with it. And so if we don't set the boundaries for it, yeah. it's going to take as much ground as we'll give it. A theology of technology. Ooh. Okay, that 
That's going to be our next discussion on this podcast when we it have you me, back. There you go. It takes me back to uh, Napoleon Dynamite. You know, <laughs> I love technology. Oh, sing it. Yeah, yes. I'm not gonna, okay. Yeah, it's as much as you get. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we've talked about developing healthy habits. Let's deal with the other side of the coin because sometimes the greatest breakthrough is not just about developing something new. Right. For some listening, it's like, okay, that's great developing. How do I break the unhealthy ones? Right. So any thoughts on breaking unhealthy habits besides yeah. painting your thumbs yeah, of your yeah, kids green? Your thumbs, for sure. You know. Um, n- number one, having accountability and asking for help. This, this is something that forever I struggled with. Mm until um, I came to a crisis. Mm. So a number of years ago, um, I realized that on our youth team, like we had come to a head where I felt like we were dealing with some toxic culture. And the, the way I knew, you can, you can feel some things, you can't always put your finger on it, but you feel it. Yeah. But I got to a point where I was having meetings almost every single week with individuals on our team, and they were every single meeting was they were complaining about each other. Uh, and I was like, we have some toxic dynamics that we need to deal with. Yeah. And so um, we, had a, we had a meeting. And in that meeting, I said, okay, uh, we're going to write down on this whiteboard everything that we love about working on this team together. And so they raised their hand. We write it down. And then I handed out three by five cards to everyone. <laughs> I said, now you can anonymously write down <laughs> what you hate about this team. <laughs> and so... They wrote it down. We handed them all in, mixed them up, and we wrote it down on the whiteboard. And it was painful, mm. like the things that people would honestly say about like what was going on on our team. And I said, do any of you feel like the things that are on this board are inaccurate or unfair? And no one disagreed with anything. Wow. And I said, okay. And this is so stupid, but I had a box... <laughs> And on the box, I'd read in Sharpie, things that need to die. And I literally just took all the cards and I dropped it in the box. And I was like, we're making a commitment today that all the things that we've written down here, these things need to go. Did you light it on fire? No, I didn't. That would have been too 1992. That, that would have been yeah, like that 1990 been, yeah, youth group, yeah, exactly, right? Like, exactly. Burn all the so, secular music. Exactly. Okay. Bring your CDs to the altar. <laughs> um, so here's what I told them. I said, uh, we're... Each of you are going to have a one-on-one meeting with me. And in this meeting, uh, I'm going to bring to you two to three things that I see in you that are positives that you bring to this team that are helping us. But I'm also going to give you two to three things that I'm seeing in you that need to change. Yeah. And I'm asking you to do the same thing for me. I want you to bring two to three things that in my leadership you see as positive, but I'm asking you to bring two to three things that you see in me that need to change. I said, so... You get one meeting, yeah. I get 40 meetings, Yeah, you know? And so after 40 meetings, I, you know, I pulled together all the things that our team said, these are positives about Josh's leadership. These are the negatives of Josh's leadership. So at our next meeting, I did a summary for our team. I said, all right, all of you have had a one-on-one with me. Uh, all of you know the things I've given you. Here are the things you gave me. Here are the things that you've told me about my leadership that are positive. And here are the things, this is what that means to me. I'm going to commit to this and this and this. And here are the things you've shown me are negative. And this will not shock you one bit, but one of the top things on that list was I was too sarcastic. Really? Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> 
very sarcastic. And uh, that was something that I took uh, I took very seriously, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I realized I was, you know, when I would get upset, I would get sarcastic. When I would get stressed, I would get sarcastic. Mm. Um, when someone would do something that, uh, I felt like was detrimental to the team, my reaction was to belittle them with sarcasm, mm. you know? And so I made a commitment to the team. Like these are the five things I'm going to work on. Number one on that list was sarcasm. Yeah. So I knew this was something I was working on and I had asked the team to hold me accountable to it. And a couple weeks later, we were in a, uh, a pre-service meeting, and one of our guy leaders walked in with a, a new bag. And it wasn't a backpack, it, it was a sling bag, you know. And at the time, if you were a dude rocking a sling bag, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I made a sarcastic comment about his man purse, you know, when he walked into the meeting. And it got a couple laughs. And the moment it came out of my mouth, I was like, that's it. Like, that's mm. what I need to work on. Mm. And I didn't have the courage to deal with it in the moment, but it gnawed at me. Mm. And I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. I left a couple days later to go on a ministry trip. I was in Minnesota, and I was in the middle of a meeting. And it was eating at me so bad I couldn't handle it anymore. And so I got up out of the meeting and called this guy leader and I wept on the phone and just apologized. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. And he wept on the phone. It was the, we're weeping over a man bag. You yeah. know, I was like, dude, what is going on right now? And, um, but it was the first step towards me breaking right. this habit in my yeah. life of being sarcastic. And in our next like pre-service meeting, I owned it in front of the team. I was like, wow. guys, like wow. I need to just, I called this leader and I, I talked to him about it personally, but I need to own it in front of you guys uh, because I've said like, this is something that I'm wanting to change. And I got to be honest with you. Like I don't, I don't struggle with sarcasm anymore. Like it's, it's not even really in my like yeah. vocabulary yeah. and I don't have to even think about it because there was a season where I was willing to come under accountability yeah. and to be like held in a place of, of accountability and I asked for help and it was that process that helped me get rid of one of the worst habits that I had yeah, it was, awesome. and I gotta tell you it sucked yeah it was hard yeah it was humbling yeah that was the best thing I could have done yeah and I think that that's the step for so many of these areas in our life you name right. it fill in the blank right if you're struggling with a negative habit a, a habit that's pulling you in the wrong direction ask for help bring yourself under accountability put in the work you can do it. You yeah. can absolutely do yeah. it. I heard a story, so crazy good. story. Did you know that nicotine only stays in your system for four days? Like the addiction mm. to nicotine itself only lasts for four days. It's not nicotine you get addicted to. It's actually where you consume nicotine, the people you're around when you're, when you're taking nicotine. And so if people will stop smoking for four days, they can quit their addiction to nicotine but they get addicted to the social aspect of the other it. Dynamics. Yeah, the other dynamics of it. Interesting. And so you've got to even learn like where the, what are the environments you need to pull yourself out of? Yeah. Or maybe what are the people you need to pull yourself away from? You know, like there's yeah. other things at play versus just, you know, yeah. it being a, a one one spoke wheel. Yeah. It's so good because all of us we have a sense of like who we want to be or where we want to be. And and hopefully if, if those listening are like, no, I don't I don't have clarity on that, that's probably step one. Yeah. Like what what type of person do you want to be? Um and, and as followers of Jesus, we believe that 
you know, there is a very real eternity. So what, where do you want your life to lead you towards? Yes. Um, and so that sense of destiny, but, but if you walk it back for a moment, I think here's why, why habits are so important is because our destiny is connected to the character that we live with. Mm -hmm. So our character is shaping our destiny, but what forms our character is our habits. Yeah. And so our habits are actually shaping the character that we live with, which ends up kind of determining the destiny of our lives. But even before habits, there's a bunch of little actions and before actions, it's the thoughts. Yeah. And so for some, like the battle is literally just changing how you think about what you think about. That's where your whole point on accountability is such a game changer because the moment you said something, you wouldn't have even caught it before. But the moment that that came out of your mouth, you were like, oh, Mm-hmm. And you had you had a new thought, which yep. gave you a chance to begin to take different actions, develop yep. different habits, which was reshaping your character, which was aligning you with yep. the destiny that you wanted 100%. wanted to have. Yeah. Okay. As we close. Yep. Um, hurdles. Yeah. We we could have all these <laughs> desires, all of these goals. Like, okay, this is going to be the year, you know, and and. You know, we've we've always seen this, you know, January health clubs are packed out. Yep. Resolutions, you know, they they last for like 60 seconds. <laughs> um, what are the hurdles that we need to be aware of when it comes to our habits and actually like moving from, okay, Josh Tyler, thanks for, you know, the thoughts. What are the hurdles that we need to be aware of so that we can avoid yeah. those things? I think one of the biggest hurdle is... Uh, having the wrong expectations and the, and the wrong perception of what like changing habits really requires. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very rarely going from zero to 100. It's not a switch that you flip. It's a process you walk out. And that means that it's messy. And I think that you need to commit to progress and not perfection. Like you just got to oh, understand go. there are going to be moments of setbacks. And that doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you throw in the towel and you quit. It means you learn from it, you get up and you keep moving forward, you know? Um, I think that, you know, when it comes to like the health side of things, are there gonna be days you miss the gym? Sure. Are there gonna be days you don't eat healthy? Yeah, absolutely. You make mistakes. Does that mean you quit? No. You you, you learn, you pick up, and the next day you, you start again. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think some people live with this one day mentality, one day, you know, one day. Uh, or you can see today as day one. You know, yeah. you either live with a one day mentality oh, or today's good. a day one mentality. Yeah. And I think that we need to, to live with more of a day one mentality. When you make a mistake, it's okay. Tomorrow's day one, you yeah. know? So get up, keep moving. I think that um, along the journey, there are going to be moments like, let's say, you know, you're dealing with sarcasm or you're dealing with how you manage money or, you know, whatever. Um, you need to also give yourself um, the freedom to, to be imperfect. Yeah. No one outside of Jesus ever batted a thousand. Like we all make mistakes along the way. So give yourself grace, you know? Um, I think it was Drucker, but he, he, you took a lot of his research from, from someone else. I forget who it was, but you know, his whole process of developing new habits was identify your cue, identify your response and create a new reward, you know? And so like understanding what cues trigger you, understand how you respond to them. But one of the most important things that you can do is to give yourself permission 
to reward yourself when you yeah. do things right. Celebrate. Yeah, celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like go, hey, if I if I hit the gym five days this week, day six, I'm going to get a milkshake. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And having those little like wins along the way is great. You know, I think that you need to have moments like that. Uh, I think Dave Ramsey talks a lot about like when you you save, you know, you have moments where you save, save, save. And when you hit a certain amount of money that you've saved, like you give yourself permission to go make a small purchase or to go buy that shirt you've been wanting or, you know, whatever. But they're those sort of positive, um, you know, affirmations are reserved to reward you for the discipline that you've put in. So building in the right reward system, understanding that it's not zero to 100, that there are going to be setbacks along the way. Yeah. Having Framing the right expectations around the journey that you're going on really helps you enjoy the process yeah. that you're, you're setting yourself up for. Yeah, I love it. Man, such good thoughts. Uh, Josh, thanks for being with us thanks, today. For and for those who are interested in connecting with Josh, you can hit him up on Instagram at underscore... Oh, no, wait, at Josh underscore Jameson. There we there, go. There at, was already another Josh Jameson. There you go. I know, it's tragic. Yeah, it's crazy. What's weird, I think there's only one other dude in America named Tyler Soley. Wow. Yeah. I, so, think, I think in the, like, 80s, every fourth boy that was born was named Josh. <laughs> like, legit, legitimately. So I had, like, three in every class growing up. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so at Josh underscore Jameson, as well as at Eastridge Church where you are a pastor, you and your wife, Carrie, are incredible. So thankful for you joining with me. And uh, I'm serious. I think we need to do a conversation at some point. We'll have to think about it. But a theology on technology. That... I like that. Hey, uh, if you have any questions about anything you've heard on today's podcast, make sure you send us an email at podcast at lifecenter.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening from today. You can find me on Instagram at Tyler Soley, although I'm rarely there, but I might stop by and post something. Uh, thanks for listening to the Build Strong Podcast, and we will see you next month.